It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Oh, what's going on? Hey, we're a little early, and this is what's nice because there's a big, uh, there's another big college matchup. It is uh, rivalry week in college football, so yeah, Florida, Florida State, Ricky Ricardo's favorite school of all time, and he'll uh, he'll be in after that too, uh, right after the game's all finished up. It is BGN Radio, John Barcher, James Seltzer, and from Birds twenty four seven, Mister Brandon Lee Gouton, and tonight. Not only are we preparing you for the many bourbons that you have, whether you are celebrating or drowning your sorrows from whatever happened to your college football team tonight, we're getting you ready for date night, and also we're getting you ready for Monday night football with not one, but two pairs of tickets courtesy of NRG, Uh, and we're going to be giving those away each hour. So from 5.30 to 6.30, we'll give away a pair to the best caller at 888-729-9494, pound 94.94 on your AT&T and Verizon cell phones also 6.30 to 7.30, we'll do the same thing as well. So, you know, light our pants on fire. Our good producer, uh, Mike Tefuri. Uh, too fast, too fearing, actually. I, like I would even say. go great producer. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, well, he'll get to great in that second hour. He always you know, starts off, and then he just gets better and better and better. And uh, he's you're going to be uh, you're going to be the man. So you're going to be the whoever uh, whoever judges on there. So you need to bring your A game on that. So, uh, but uh, James, uh, we're going to start out a little different tonight. So you're going to call it in the air as we're going to start the coin flip. Ooh. And what we're going to do is wherever it lands, 
You gotta be. Uh, you gotta be the whatever I give you Ooh. is. You gotta so I don't get, get to choose. You don't get to I choose. I like this. So let's go uh, heads or tails, my friend. Uh, tails never fails. It is tails. Hey, so what I said. You never are fails. Going to start with why the Eagles should start. Nelson Aguilar this <laughs> well, week. That's not fair, really. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, well, that's what you're doing. That to was me the right first now? one that was on the list there. So go for it. All right. Um, if if I had to make the argument that as as apparently I do, according to the coin flip, uh, look, this kid's confidence is completely shot right now, as we all know, and and he's having some real mental issues, and and you question whether he is ever going to be able to turn it around and be an NFL player. But if there is a chance that he's going to turn it around. You need to give him an opportunity to build that confidence back up. You not only start him, but you put him in positions to succeed. And obviously, he's failed in some of those positions this year. But do like, you know, uh, I don't remember who it was. It was either someone on the podcast or a caller who suggested the idea of, of doing the the Josh Huff kind of thing with him. Where, you you know, you get him involved in different ways. Get him, you know, a little a little screen pass, a little bubble screen, whatever it is, just to get the ball in his hands in a situation where... He probably won't drop it and give him a chance to, you know, increase that confidence. That's why you start Nelson Aguilar. Well, and uh, and to that, you know, I do think that there is some credence to it, especially with the Green Bay Packers who have struggled mightily basically everywhere. On the ground, in the air, you get him involved, but BLG have got the other side of the coin flip. It just happens to be in your wheelhouse. Of of course, why shouldn't you start Nelson Aguilar this week? I'm going to have a really tough time getting through this, but uh, I'll do my best. No, uh... (laughs) Look, I don't think you should totally deactivate Nelson Aguilar. I don't know if that really helps at this point. I think there's some, obviously some merit to what James said here about uh, trying to boost his confidence against a bad Packers team. But you have to. You have to cut his playing time. You can't trot him out there again like you have been. Him playing the second most reps of any Eagles receiver on this team. He's been horrible. Last week on Twitter, I said he's not an NFL player. It's it's that bad. Maybe that's, I don't even know if that's an overreaction at this point. We're not seeing anything out of this guy. I don't, I get the idea of you want to get him his confidence boosted and everything. At the same time, you have to earn your playing time and he hasn't earned it. And I want to see what other Eagles receivers can do at this point. Well, it's, but here's, here's what's weird about it and why I can't figure out about what they're doing this week. Like they're, Waiting to see. It's going to be, I mean, we're, it's going to be Sunday in a couple of hours here. They still haven't said if he's going to start or not. Don't you think that's a little weird to kind of just go back? Like, why wouldn't you just say, okay, Friday, you're not, you're going to be active, but you're not going to be starting. Like, why, why wouldn't they just announce that you're not, Green Bay is not going to change their entire game plan if Nelson Aguilar is not out there? Yeah, I don't know why you wouldn't. I'm assuming, I'm hoping that they know and that Nelson and Doug have talked about it and it's not a situation where, just because we haven't heard whether he's going to play or not, that they don't know. I'm assuming they know and that, you know, it's just a coach thing where they don't want to give out information. <laughs> but I agree. I don't think that, you know, Green Bay is, is game planning for Nelson Aguilar one way or the <laughs> no, other. They're yeah, probably just, hoping they start him, put him out there, you know, yeah. let the kid make mistakes. Which, of course, this means, you know, and with Ryan Matthews' injury, he's been officially ruled out. You have Darren Sproles that is going to have some uh, banged-up, bruised ribs here, which means... Everybody's favorite wide receiver and mine, Paul Turner, is probably actually going to see some action with Ryan Matthews being down here. I don't know if he gets snaps, though. That's why I'm I'm still going back and forth. If Aguilar doesn't sit, does that mean Paul Turner gets 5, 10 snaps somewhere on the field this week? Maybe a couple. It's hard to see him getting extended playing time. I mean, Doug Peterson said he sees Paul Turner as a slot guy. The Eagles already have 
you know, uh, and almost seven of them, almost permanent. Yeah, <laughs> almost seven of them. Yeah. With Jordan Matthews getting a lot of time on the inside, Peterson also said he sees Jay Matt as a player capable of moving to the outside, but we don't see that a lot. We see Jordan Matthews a lot on the inside. I have a hard time seeing Paul Turner getting a ton of playing time in this game. We've seen how the Eagles have brought receivers along slowly, how they've mixed in Bryce Treg slowly, how they've mixed in DGB slowly. I just have a hard time imagining he's going to be playing all at once right away. And, the, you know, you mentioned Bryce Treggs. That seems to me where this could be, and it sets up once again. Again, we've talked about the struggles with the Green Bay secondary. Bryce Treggs and the Eagles running game, it just seems like it might be his game to kind of semi-break out here. I'm not saying it's going to go crazy. I'm not saying anything else that's in there. Green Bay's allowed over 700-plus yards to tight ends this year. I think they are, the, they are the second or third worst towards that. So, again, this fits in right into the Eagles' wheelhouse. For the 10th week in a row, the 11th week in a row, we are saying go to the tight ends, use the running game, which you could, but then I see those bigger plays finally starting to open up. So it's not Richard Sherman, and it's definitely not Earl Thomas that is out there. You can throw those deep palms. I think if they can get that going, this is Bryce Treg's game to kind of take advantage of that. I certainly hope so, Johnny. And, and look, I think either way, whether it's it's getting the tight ends involved, getting the running game going, you can beat this Green Bay de- defense in a lot of different ways. You know, you don't have to come in with a specific game plan and say this is the only way that we could beat this defense. Everybody can eat against this defense. So uh, I'm with you that I, I think you the running game and the tight ends will open it up to begin with, and I think that's the the core of the game plan. But I think it's the core of the game plan, or it should be the core of the game plan almost every week unless the matchup really dictates the opposite. 888-729-9494. Again, we are giving away two pairs of tickets. We're giving one pair away per hour to the best callers. And I want to touch on this. Jordan Matthews saying it's hard to play wide receiver in Philadelphia. Is it hard to play in Philadelphia? I think it is, and I think we need to accept that. More on BGN Radio with John Barcher, James Elter, Brandon Lee Gowton, coming up on Sports Radio 94 WIP. So Jordan Matthews, uh, who is asked if it was hard to play wide receiver in Philadelphia or something, or if it's hard to play in Philly, I believe his comments were just basically, I am, uh, yeah, it, it is hard to play here. <laughs> and everything kind of gets blown up. You know, you want, you do one thing, and then that gets retweeted, and there's 25 beat writers in the city, and there's 3 million people here, and it's constantly, it's the office space thing. I don't want to hear about TPS reports. God, I know when I, when I screw up, I know it, and I don't want to heal it a million times. I think we can all kind of relate to that. Also, you kind of signed up for that, too. You kind of know where you're going, but it is, it is it hard to play in Philly? And I don't think we give ourselves enough credit on how hard we are on players, home team, whatever. Yeah, it is absolutely hard to play in Philly. But if you play well and if you work hard, you will be loved here more than anywhere else. So it is It is a double-edged sword in that way, One, you know, good and bad. Um, but, yeah, man, look, you just said it. I, you know, when you ever look, when you look at, like, the owners' meetings or any of these types of things where all the beats go down there, it's always the Eagles table that has, like, 20,000 guys around it. And then you look over, it's the Kansas City table. It's like Andy and one dude chatting, you know? So I, I do think, I think, there, whether it's the media pressure, the fan pressure, it's a tough city to play in, but but I do think that the reward, if you you know are great BLG or you work hard or you play hard or you, whatever, it certainly is worth it. I totally agree with you, James and John and I and Matt Daring talked about this on the <laughs> the BGN Radio preview show, uh, and I, I'm going to bring it up again. You know, I think back to watching an interview on the Kansas City Chiefs website 
where there was a press conference. You know, the, the NFL posts sometimes their head coach uh, press conference videos. It was Andy Reid. There's one question. And it was about the weather, and no one else asked a question. That would never <laughs> happen in Philadelphia. No. That's insane. There's so much more. There's so many more reporters and outlets and everything. And you know, the Eagles do a great job. The Eagles PR team does a great job of credentialing a lot of different people, so you're getting a lot of great coverage. But there's just so much. It is so saturated. And I'm not saying it needs to be cut down, but I think you know, Jordan Matthews is right when he says you know, uh, it's not just like there's one article about this. There's like 50, and it blows up, and it's everywhere, and there's a lot of pressure. Yeah, and that kind of turns into the weekly narrative and everything that kind of is there. And I think it, I think we get distracted by a lot of that stuff too because we end up, we end up missing a lot of things because we're so focused on that one thing that you don't see some of the long term pictures or something that's in the future. Unless you're BLG and you're killing it over at twenty four seven. You write great articles. We True. go to the phones, uh, Jerry in, uh, in Mount Air. What's going on, bud? How are you? Good, good. How you guys doing? Good, man. So you just said you know the double edged sword of, of playing here and. You know, since we're on the wide receiver topic, you know, Terrell Owens, he literally had – he lived both sides of that sword. Uh, that Super Bowl year, he was amazing. And, you know, sleeping in the hyperbaric chamber and being ready to go for for that Super Bowl, like, he literally had Philadelphia eating out of the palm of his hands mm-hmm. if he wanted to. Um, but obviously, you know, the whole situation with his contract and everything got in the way, but – and then obviously we turned on him, and and you know the rest was history. But that that is like a perfect example of the double S short. How we'll love you when you play well and you give everything, and then you know on the back. Even though the I felt like the Eagles were wrong for not giving him more money. Oh, yeah, but, I think we all. Or just, yeah. or just, hindsight has certainly. That's what needed the sports psychologist. Put those two in a room and figure that out. Yeah, that would have been great. Um, yeah, Jerry, you know, I understand. Don't you think though? Here's where I come back to it. Don't you think that again? Like there's. There are times when I get being frustrated, and I completely overreact. Hell, I t- told Nelson I wanted him cut. I just don't want to see him on the field anymore. But don't we? We don't give ourselves enough credit for how much we impact someone playing here. I, I, I just think that's true. No matter how good or bad they've been, everyone has the same results. Like, yeah, they. I sometimes it's it's like opening up my Twitter page and getting a bunch of notifications and being like, ah, you suck. You were, you know, or whatever. Uh, I don't know. I just feel like I, we 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 do that way more often than we should. No, I totally agree. And like, here's the thing: like, I think a lot of us can can we feel for Jordan Matthews. We feel for Nelson. Like, I, like I appreciate his candor and how he's you know in his own head, and I and I really understand that. But I and I, I go back to this: catching a football is one of the most natural acts in all of football. You can't really teach someone how to catch it. And it doesn't matter how hard you work. It's not really something you can really get noticeably better at. Yeah. Um, and, and it's either, yeah. At some point it's either you do or you don't have it as we're going to uh, put Jerry on hold is he's the, the first one in yeah. uh, going through here. But yeah, I mean, there comes to a point where it's just like, you can give so many chances and so many things. And sometimes you just got to let it go. I think that's where we're at with pretty much everybody here, you know? Oh, yeah, 100%. Look, it's it's not like Nelson Aguilar, you know, made one mistake or dropped one ball and everyone was like, get out, we hate you. I mean, this has been a lot building and building. And if, I mean, I, I know you guys will remember, uh, John and I, two of the, the bigger, you know, defenders in the offseason of, of Aguilar saying, you know, it's too early to say this kid is a bust. I was wrong, but still, you know, I, I think, John, I think your overall point is is really right. I think that 
people don't realize the impact that this fan base can have on on psyches. On good and bad too. Good yeah. and bad, absolutely. I mean, look, we talked about it with Brian Dawkins last week, and the, and the people <laughs> being buried in his jersey. It's true though, but like that type of impact. That's how we feel about our football team. We get buried in their jerseys. I mean, it is it is real passion. And that, like you said, it can be it can be good and bad for the player. All right, let's go to let's keep it going. We'll go to Sharif in uh, Nice Town. Sharif, what's going on, buddy? BGM, what up, baby? What's up, what man? Up, Sharif? <laughs> what's going on? What's going on? Shout out to James for the paid and full inspired. Everybody eats beef. That's right, man. That's right. <laughs> nice. You know, stop me if you heard this before, guys. You know, the Detroit Lions gave up 800 yards to tight ends at X, Y, and D. The Washington Redskins is giving up more yards per carry and also has a bad running team. You know, we, we get these stats, we, we put them, and we try to analyze them and how they're going to play towards the Eagles. But sometimes we just have to look at the direct matchup. You know, we look at the matchup of Kerrigan versus Vartai, we probably would have just saw that coming a mile away. Yeah. And we look at the matchup of Rodgers versus McKelvin with a bad will or Mills, who runs like a 4-7. I mean, I know he runs a 4 six, but he runs slower than that even in the game. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he does. It's, it's, no. it's like, you know, where do we see that? Where we ha- where do we have the confidence that the Eagles are going to put up more than 24 points, right? Because because we believe that magically, I don't know, uh, Jordan Matthews is not going to drop a crucial third-down ball or that uh, even Paul Turner, I'm part of the Paul Turner uh uh, conspiracy crew well, that one. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll say, I'll say the this. Truthers. The only, the only reason I think that we all feel confident about it. Maybe even, maybe there's some that, maybe there's some that don't. But it's, it's, it's at home, you know, and it looks completely different at home, offensive wise. Even when it struggles, even when you know you're throwing two picks into Minnesota's uh, arms there to start off a football game, the, you know they've only allowed four touchdowns. Period in that house. So that's something to just you know. Hang your hat on for the time being until it's not anymore. It, 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 well, it has to equalize, right? Either the home team defense has to travel away or the away team defense is going to have to come home. It has to equalize at some point in time. And I, I just, I am just not confident about this game at all. I, but I am also of confidence that if we lose this game, that it does not deter us from being able to get into the playoffs still because I think that they can go on a five-game winning streak. Oof, uh, man. <laughs> I don't know. Wait, hold on. I don't know. Great I don't call. Know. Great call. I, yeah, it was a great call. It's still, until that end. Yeah. I, I mean, like, this is – BLG, this is the Eagles season's on the line here. Agreed. This is it. This is – you can't lose this game. Otherwise – Too many tiebreakers. Yeah, I mean, you're yeah. playing another team that you're going up against. There's just too much – but the conference, it, it's a, it, you can't recover. Yeah, in my t- mind. too much going on, and we'll get into the playoff picture here too. But is it is it that is he right in the sense that you know it's a little too overconfident here? You're looking at the numbers. We've said these things before in the past, and when they're supposed to be teams like even I thought they could go take care of the Giants because of the way they've been playing and they've been very unimpressive this whole time. But is there any worry? It's Aaron Rodgers, Jordy Nelson, and. The quarters are still shaky. Is that enough to make you worry about, you know, this football game on Monday night? Well, the Aaron Rodgers factor is something to consider. But overall, you know, I disagree with Sharif when he says, you know, uh, like, do you believe the like what makes you believe the Eagles can score more than 24? I mean, the Packers are giving up and we'll get into this a little bit later. Packers are giving up more than 38 points in their last four games. I mean, that. Alone makes me think the Eagles can at least score twenty four. Yes, that was yeah. like forty two and forty seven in the last two outings. So you know against non impressive offenses. Yes, I mean Washington. You could you could argue Washington sure. at least has it, but the Tennessee. You can't tell me Tennessee, especially when they did it through the air. And I know Mariota's been 
really good of late, but you can't tell me that Richard Matthews and that group of receivers is anything, you know, intimidating. And this is a crew that was basically like, you know, it was semi some true eagle that was going in through there. You had Ha Clinton Dix was was supposed to be the miss. Quentin Rollins, who's had a, a massive like athleticism and and was supposed to like turn into that guy. Demarius and, Randall was yeah. one of those guys. And they're just they're just not uh, there right now. So we're uh, wait on the line as we're going to take some more phone calls and of course giving away two pairs of Eagles tickets on BGN Radio right here on Sports Radio ninety four WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio ninety four WIP. <laughs> Six o'clock, and we are getting fired up. It's BGN Radio, John Barcher, James Elzer, and of course, Brandley Gunton from Birds 24 7. Still giving away two pairs of tickets, one for each hour to the best phone caller. We're going to head there right now. Let's go to Jim in uh, Habitat. Jim, you are on uh, BGN Radio. What's going on, bud? Gentlemen, how are you? Do- doing great. Guys, I'm trying to stop this blitz conversation coming from me constantly. By this, I come up with this stat to hopefully do this. I say top 10 defenses never fall out of tw- top 20 blitz attempt teams, in my opinion. I'm sure it's not 100%, but I'm willing to bet it's 90%. Would you agree <laughs> or disagree? Uh, I don't know. I, that'd be interesting to look up, though. Yeah. I think it's I think it's closer to what you're saying. I don't know if it's about 90%. I, but... I'm surprised after all this time you haven't looked it up yet, Jimmy. Shelter, <laughs> uh, you just don't know my capabilities technology-wise, dude. My man. You're non-existent. <laughs> my man. <laughs> <laughs> no, but hey, I think guys, it's an uh, interesting point, and I certainly think with this defense, it's a, you know, this defense doesn't blitz a ton, so it is interesting to look yeah. at the, the correlation there. It was the only thing on his resume when Schwartz came over, and, and let me get, let me say it right now, I was wrong about him. He does blitz enough in certain games, but on his record, on his resume was that he's like in like twenty fifth to twenty eighth, and I just don't think that's a recipe for a lot of success if you don't go after these high powered quarterbacks that are in this league. I mean, there's not a lot of them left, but you got to go after Like The only way we beat Vic in the playoffs, the only way Brady lost two Super Bowls, is by putting pressure on these guys. Yeah, I agree with that 100%, Jim. In fact, like I think that's where it is now, and I don't know if everybody agrees with this, but I, it feels like Green Bay's already checked out. Yeah, you know, like, oh, it the, does. Like, yeah. they're there. So if you're going to go down and, and, and just beat this dead horse yeah. and this mule that's coming in here. Yeah, I'm, I'm right. with blitzing Aaron Rodgers and, and just forcing him to do things yeah. that he's not comfortable well, with. Especially you don't have to worry about a run game. Yeah. You know, John, <laughs> I agree with your theory there that, that it seems like they've checked out. But, you know, a 53-man roster, of course they haven't all. But a team does get its own attitude, too. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping. I don't, I don't want to see a blowout either way, to tell you the truth. Although Eagles blowout against them isn't bad to see. Yeah. But I'd like to see a competitive game for at least three quarters. But anyway, I'd hate to think an NFL team has already checked out only ten games into the season. Well, yeah, and you just didn't appreciate the call, Jim. And there's there's still there's still crazy stuff going on with the NFC North. I mean, you know, the Vikings are six and five. Yeah. They're four and six. They get five and six. They can be right in that mix too, I guess. But I, I don't know. I just feel like it, it's been there. And speaking of the running game, something that we thought we were going to avoid last week. Christine Michael's gone, right? Well, he's he's picked up again in <laughs> in Green Bay, and they are desperately looking for anything in that running game right now. You know, our old friend James Starks, who's he's just not he's, very good. You know, he's just not there. Eddie Lacy, not effective, injured, done announced. for the year. Yeah. And uh, you know, Ty so, Montgomery. So uh, I don't know. Is, could this be the Christine Michael game that's coming through here? The the unexpected, like they can't run, but all of a sudden. 
Well, here's Christy Michael, and he runs for, you know, a 90 or a buck or sure, something that like that. That would be very Eagles, wouldn't it? The guy very Eagles. The, you know, very Joe but, Webb of us. But if I, in reality, I would be surprised. I would be surprised if Christy Michael, I think they just added a body, and I think he might get some some looks there, but I don't think, I think they're kind of committed to what they're doing now. BLG, real quick, what's, what, what should you be scared about with Green Bay, either offensively or defensively, that m- might not be something that we've talked about this week? I think it's only Aaron Rodgers. That's really what it comes down to me. I look at him and, you know, it's it's going to be tough. The other thing, I guess, maybe you guys have kind of said it earlier in the show that Green Bay's defense, you know, you can attack it multiple ways. I'm not so sure. You know, Dames, you pointed out before the run defense has been pretty okay this year as far as the pass defense. I believe they're like seventh in yards per rush attempt allowed. Uh, they were number one earlier they in the season. They were one for a while. It's been a lot worse of late. They were right. good for a while. Clay Matthews, mm-hmm. that makes a difference. Who is, but, who is now healthy, by that, the way. Yeah, right. to yeah. a point. So, so it should be better than it's been. Mm-hmm. Right. The only thing I'm thinking about there is, you know, you look at that Atlanta game and how the Eagles won that game, and that you know, that I think they kind of want to go back to that. And Doug even said, after the Seahawks game, I need to get back to the run game. So maybe there's some issue there. You don't have Matthews, obviously. Sproles is banged up. We'll see with Smallwood and everything. So that's a little, I'm, I'm, I'm keeping my eye on that as well. And a small under the radar, Mike Daniels from University of Iowa <laughs> playing defensive end in his fourth year. It's been, it's been pretty well. Uh, what we will get into right now is the least of the least of the least. And it is now time for the NFC least. The Follies. The Screwballs. And the Screw-Ups. It's BGN Radio's NFC least on Sports Radio 94 WIP. All right, Johnny. We got a we got a nice little uh, glimpse of the least on Thanksgiving. Uh, oh, did so we? who should we start with? Should we go down to Dallas first, Johnny? Uh, let's let's lump Dallas and Washington Uh-oh. together because Uh-oh. they gave us. Uh, I mean, it was somewhat entertaining. It broke all records. Hell, it's Dallas, right? Oh, it's the best thing ever. Can I tell you? Did Josh Norman and Des Bryant have the biggest douche off <laughs> in the history of the NFL? First off, Josh Norman post game comes out and it's. I mean. There's a scuffle on the field, right? So everybody wants to know what's going on. Josh Norman is always going to go say congratulations, but Dez is a douche, and I told him uh, where I'm from. I unload the clip and, like, all this other stuff. Then Dez goes to Twitter and goes back and forth and says, man, why are you lying on TV and blah, blah. I've never seen two guys with so much talent be the douchiest players in the NFL. <laughs> but it is true that, uh, you know, Dez and uh, and uh, Josh Norman are exactly that. Uh, by the way, Anybody notice that when Kurt Coupons has, that's Kurt Cousins, by the way, Kurt Coupons comes out and has a vine or a soundbite or anything else, it always comes back to bite him in the ass. So first it's the ooh-wee, then they don't do so great. Then he comes out and says, how do you like me now after beating a subpar football team in the first place, coming off of low rest in Green Bay and great congratulations. And then he shows up short again. Coming into Dallas, so maybe put, you know, it's a good thing that Vine is going down because maybe Washington get get something going finally. Yeah. You know, the $25 million thing. I can't wait till they overpay this guy, and then he comes out flat. He's he's the prototypical guy that everybody thinks he's young, but he's actually 28, and then he's going to just fall flat on his face when he's making $25 million guaranteed each and every year. Yeah, it makes you long for the days of you like that, doesn't it? <laughs> miss miss you like that. All right, Johnny, why don't we head uh, up the turnpike to the worst 7-3 and three team in the history of football. How about those Giants? Yeah, that, that's pretty much it. <laughs> that is pretty much it. I've never seen an unimpressive, and this goes out to you, Steve Trevelis, my good friend. I know you're a big, big Bill Hicks fan, and I know I love you, but at the same time, it literally is. 
How are they seven and three? How do they get? I mean, at some point, you would expect the Cleveland Browns to finally sneak one in here this weekend. Something that's going to happen through there. There is no way this is sustainable, and yet they keep winning football games. Enough already. All right, John. We we don't have anything for our backyard. Uh, uh, So I figured, you know what? I think we should rip the entire Rodgers family because they just can't seem to get along. Aaron Rodgers, about two years, he hasn't talked to his bachelor brother. John, yeah. what, what do you think about this? Yeah, what's going on? Well, it, clearly, it's Olivia Munn's fault because everything's Olivia Munn's fault, right? Hey, uh, Aaron Rodgers' interception, Olivia Munn's fault. Mike McCarthy can't coach, Olivia Munn's fault. Oh, uh, BJ Rodgers farted in the punch bowl, Olivia Munn's fault. What is going on nationally? Aaron Rodgers is on pace for 40 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. And he's the issue. He's the issue. No, Olivia Munn's fault. Oh, G4 television got canceled. Olivia Munn's fault. Anyway, that's going to wrap up the NFC list. <laughs> How many people know what G4 television Probably is? Probably not many. It's good. I have no idea. Could throw, good. Could throw good. out uh, Adam Zessler. Anybody remember him? <laughs> the yes. video game reviews. All the nerds out there. What's up? Anyway, uh, I, heard, I heard Jordan Rogers was, is a big fan of G4 now. Yeah, what, what you heard, was, what you heard was cricket. So maybe Tyler in Rhode Island could save us. Tyler, you're on BJ and Radio. What's going on, bud? Hey, how's it going, guys? Um, I just wanted to give you a call and talk a little bit about Nelson Aguilar. You knew you weren't going to make it through the night without getting a question about. Him. Oh, yeah. of course not. Of course not. But um, what I wanted to ask you guys was: Do you think his struggles have actually been more mental or more physical, skill wise? Chip Kelly's just a horrible GM for drafting him first overall. <laughs> well, it's it's kind of that. I, I think it's. I really do starting to think it's getting to that little bit of both territory. But I honestly, at this point, it still seems very mental. The one thing that I don't think people have talked about a lot is he he beat Richard Sherman a couple of times on the roots, especially on the big one that he dropped. The only problem is can't catch the football. So that's. I mean, like it, it's it is it is that. I think he I, 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 James and I have had this conversation a lot where. You look at USC tape, you look at everything, even the preseason catch from Mark Sanchez, and you just go, you know what? That's not the same guy that I know. He's There's gone. something there. Whether he's going to, you know, I'm not saying superstar status. I think that's already passed and gone by here. But to be an average wide receiver in the NFL, I really do think it's all just upstairs yeah. right now. Yeah, he's uh, definitely not average right now if he can't line up on the line of scrimmage right. But, um, I do see him making separation. It's just that he can't finish the plays. So I just didn't know really what's going on. I wanted to get your guys' opinion. Yeah, I appreciate that, Tyler. And it's just like, it's kind of that, you know, that back and forth thing that I think we'll always have throughout the rest of the season. And, you know, whatever, the the coaching changes, the offensive changes, at some point you got to stop making excuses. I think it's more or less that because he was so honest this past week, it's just like, yeah, I'm just in my head. Like, I don't know what else to do. He basically told everybody, I don't know what else to do. And then, you know, we got, we, I think that softened at least my blows on him. Just like, you know what? He's right. He's, uh, if he figures it out, great. But don't you, don't you get it to the point where it's just like, we know he's bad. I don't want to talk about how bad he is anymore. Like, it's just like, okay, great. We know what he is. Let's just move on from it. We know that wide receivers are an issue. We've been talking about that, you know, for 10 games now. So. It's just kind of where it's where it's at. It's yeah. just gonna, it is what it is. It's yeah. It's one of those things you can't really add to. You know, like you, you hope to see Paul Turner, and maybe you know. I don't think any of us are, are expecting him to be the savior, but maybe you see something new out there. But yeah, it's it's gotten to the point where, and again, I agree. I think this week, you know, you have to take a step back and be like, as much as I don't ever want to see this guy on a you know on my television on Sunday or Monday again. He's still a human being, and you have to kind of somewhat, you know, feel for the kid. 
But, I mean, yeah, it's, it's gotten to the point where, uh, what else do you say? Yes, they have to do better. They probably won't do better. That's pretty much it. It's weird that we're just like, he's got to catch a football. Yeah. You know, we're, we're here. I never the thought. number one thing that his job entails. Which was never a problem on a scouting report. Ever, 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 ever. Did he not have, you know, trouble with the hands or whatever's going in there. David and Marlton, you're on BGN Radio. What's going on, bud? What's going on, guys? Good evening. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing good. I'm doing great. I'm looking forward to the uh, to the game on uh, Monday. I think we are going to win. I've been uh, listening to what you guys are saying. I feel very confident about it. Um, and I do think the receivers will come up big in this game. Um, no, I don't think Green Bay's checked out, but we are undefeated at home. The crowd's going to be pumped up and excited. What, what do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, uh, it, that's one thing that's, I don't know. We, we've talked about that a little bit there, too. But, I mean, the crowd has definitely affected football games this year. They definitely did with Atlanta, and I think they all rattled old Sammy Bradford when he came back into town there. And, yeah, we haven't talked about that much, BLG. I mean, like, the home field advantage, at least with the crowd, has been phenomenal so far. It's been really strong for the Eagles this year. Uh, you look at the Eagles' home diff- point differential, 108-38. to 38. That's crazy. And these are against some good teams, too. Again, uh, Vikings were undefeated when they came in here. Falcons... Number one offense in the NFL. Uh, I think another thing to look at is how Green Bay hasn't been playing well on the road. They're one and four in away games this season, just like the Eagles. And you know they're they're not playing great football at home. They're and they're losing to bad teams recently. They lost at home to the Colts. The Colts are not good. Yeah, they're bad. They got beat soundly by the Titans. The Titans are not great. They just lost to the Colts. <laughs> so like, I'm I'm just looking at this Packers team, and it's not even just this season. Again, they're like. Eight and twelve in their last twenty. They haven't been good for a while now. No, they haven't, and that's why. That's why I I feel. I don't know. We always feel weird when we feel good about the Eagles going into it because it's especially after a loss, you know, in Seattle, which is which was somewhat demoralizing to a degree, and now it's it's Green Bay. It's a game you're supposed to win, and you know, but but at the same time, you know, it's just it is. It's the home field advantage, the crowd noise, everything that's going there. Yeah, and I also think it's just that uh, BLG just said it. Green Bay is not good and hasn't been good for a while now, but it's tough, especially with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, to get that image of the Green Bay Packers as at least competition out of your head. And ultimately, any team with Aaron Rodgers has a chance any night. So it is kind of tough to just look past them in that way. But when you really look at the X's and O's and look at who's lining up on each side of the football, the Eagles are a better football team, home or not. And then you add in the home part, like they really should win this football game. Yeah, and I know we've talked about blitzes and, and things like that and we're, we're going through that. But really, I, I still think that's semi-unnecessary depending on, again, you know how, how Brandon Graham is going to look, how Vinnie Curry is going to be able to provide pressure and the, just the front four. I think this is a game where you 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 drop a lot and you just – force Aaron Rodgers to throw into coverage and hopefully you get a turnover here and there. He's, he's not something that he's, you know, very capable of doing <laughs> even, even when he's struggling, but you know, the bad throws throwing him off his spot. He's still mobile, obviously not as mobile as Russell Wilson or anybody like that. But uh, yeah, I, I just think uh, blitzing shouldn't be a priority here. And we'll get into more of this and more of your phone calls. So the first hour is winding down. We've got some Eagles tickets to give away. Hang right here. It's BGN radio on sports radio, 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Well, Penn State is taking care of business, fans, so uh, time to get a little excited. 31-12 over Michigan State. Minnesota, Wisconsin locked up at 17, just like we all predicted in that one. So both of those are heading into uh, the fourth quarter, and I... 
You know, it's uh, it's been a it's been a crazy year. But the the great thing about this is we keep you know all these different scenarios, all these different things. Yes, the, the Eagles' wide receiver struggles. Yeah, Carson Wentz has been up and down. There's no Lane Johnson. So one thing that we haven't really discussed yet is this Lane Johnson thing. At least in my mind and everyone, this suspension thing's going by real fast because the season's starting to pick up and get a little faster. We haven't talked about the impact of possibly Lane Johnson. It's a Thursday night game against the Giants. Says that you know towards the end there with those two home games back-to-back. But, I mean, if they're right in the right in that pocket and they're sitting there at eight wins or nine wins or whatever it is, how much of it is, is or do they, is, is well, is the offense going to bounce back from, I don't know, how, how much has that affected him being gone thus far? Yeah, I mean, I, look, if you just look at the numbers, it's been a drastic difference. It's been very clear, especially, you know, when you look at Carson Wentz's numbers and we had talked about how great Lane had been in pass protection and it's, been the thing that he had been excelling at. And as much as Big V wasn't uh, the disaster that he was against Ryan Kerrigan, we've talked about this a lot, both on the podcast and in person, the idea that, uh, you know, you still had to chip more. You still had to help him out more. And and ultimately it does take guys out of routes, take more opportunities for the offense to thrive. So I think it it could be huge if Lane comes back and is ready to go and can hop right in and, and help at least from that pass protection standpoint, I think it could be really big. And I know it's way down the line here, BLG, but what are the chances that he could just go right in on that Thursday night game? It's a sh- it's a short week for everybody in there, but, uh, you know, could he play against New York right there? It's a good question because I don't, I believe he's not allowed to come back until that Tuesday, you know, so it's, you know, it's Tuesday, Wednesday, boom, you're playing Thursday. So I don't know. I think they're obviously going to stick him out there. I think they're, they're, especially with Big V, you know, out now and probably going to be out for quite some time. Uh, so you're going to want to put him back at right tackle, put Alan Barber back at left guard and get everything set up and then hope you have the offensive line that looked so good early in the season and was allowing Carson Wentz to play well for the final two games of the season. Yeah, and, and that could be – and it's weird because although Big V's stepped in and it, uh, other than the Kerrigan game, which we all remember, hasn't been called a lot, but we still don't look at that impact and what it does, just like you were saying there, James. I don't know if that means that – they can allow another whatever it is, a, run, a running back into a different pattern, a tight end to cut, you know, just chip and go type of yeah. thing where you can have those things. Probably a bigger reason or why they haven't been able to run a lot of those three tight end sets, or sets, excuse me, as we go to Terrence in North Philly. Terrence, what's going on, man? How are you? Hey, what's going on, fella? Jimmy Salsa, what's going on? What up, D? How you doing, brother? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, listen, I got a few points. I'm going to try to run through them so I can get it all out, right? Paul Turner, very excited to see him on the field. One thing that nobody has talked about is the fact that out of all of the five possible receivers that could be on the field this coming Sunday, uh, Carson Wentz has the most experience throwing the Paul Turner. OTAs when he can't train the camp preseason, even though it was the one preseason game. And he so even mentioned that this week too. Yeah. So at the end of the day, so at the end of the day, it can provide that 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 uh the production that we might be hoping for. Uh, I would like to see a change in the wide receiver coach moving on. I feel like Greg Lewis might be all right, but the one thing that our wide receivers lack is aggression. Greg Lewis was not an aggressive wide receiver, so he can't teach aggression. Aggression. Of course, we've seen, we've seen him yelling at Nelson uh, last week, but Nelson is enough to make a nun cuss. So I, I don't really count that. My last point, Jim and Havertown. I've listened to him call all season about the Blitz. And even <laughs> though Blitzes are fun to watch, very exciting, he has to understand that Blitzes can, blitzes can be beat. 
And the way our secondary is set up, if we get beat, we get beat bad. Mm-hmm. And don't forget the fact that the Eagles, I went with the number three ranked defense playing our style of defense without the blitz that he's looking for. So sometimes you got to really look at the big picture. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I agree with some of that, and especially with the defensive part because, you know, and that's that's been their, their bread and butter. It's pressure when it's almost unexpected or you're bringing in McLeod when it's when, you know, you're not ready for it. And that's what makes those those blitz packages really effective, and it sets up where – Hey, again, you know, they're pretty good at stopping the run. So however they're doing things there to still try and make teams one-dimensional, I know it still bites them in the ass every now and again, just like he was saying with some of the corners there, and you're going to have those McKelvin trying to make a huge play, and then he gets caught up by, you know, Atlanta's third wide receiver. But, yeah, I, it's been a nice methodical, you know, trying to stop everybody from coming in here without do, trying to, you know, do too much. Yeah, I think it, the situational use of the blitzes have actually been really effective for the most part, and that and that one McLeod you just talked about, it's such a bummer because that's when they had the back-to-back uh, penalties. But the, the the blitzes that they looked like they were dialing up in the Seattle game looked like they were going to work. You know, they, it looked like it was going to play out, and then a penalty would happen or something would throw it off. There was even the Seattle false start. The the blitz, it just it looked like they were dialing them up at the right time in that situation. And I think, at least from what we've seen, it, you know, you could complain at times of of a lack of blitzing, but. When he has dialed up the blitzes, it does seem to work for the most part. And this is where something that we've discussed before, BLG, and the thing that I've noticed a couple of times, and it's been in really just pressure point situations, and we've talked about this a little bit too, where sometimes Eagles will score right away, and then the defense doesn't hold on that next go. All right, look back, and it is it is a little more than, more than a handful of times, especially right after the bye week here, where it just seems like, both sides are really not in sync, and most of those games have been on the road when that happens. But is there ever a point where this team is finally going to play a full phase of you score, we stop, you score, we stop, at least for a couple of drives in here? What do you think is holding that back? Is that just, you know, the talent? Is that chemistry? What, what's happening there? I don't know, but I think it's really important. I think, you know, we're looking at things like momentum and stuff like that, and you can question how much those things are worth sometimes. But, I mean, when I think back to that Seattle game, I mean, to me, the game was over pretty much as, as soon as, you know, Nelson Aguilar makes that boneheaded penalty and then, uh, you know, has the drop on that next drive. To me, the game was over at that point. The momentum, the Eagles were moving the ball relatively fine on offense. They're doing an okay job on defense. That play happens, game gets out of control. So you have these drives where the Eagles are getting points. And here's the thing about those drives, the Eagles, they're not a big play offense if you haven't missed it. You know, like yeah. it feels like they oh. have to fight. Hey, what? I had no idea. And scrap for every single yard. So it's like, all right, we finally got a touchdown. And then, boom, defense comes out and they let up points. It's like you just take all, it takes all the wind out of the sails. And I don't know what it is about that or what you can do or if it's just like a coincidence or timing or whatever, but – Man, it just feels like they get that momentum and they can't build on it. Yeah, and I think it's actually a, a crucial thing and not to be, you know, underthought about it. Football, as much as any sport, is a game of momentum, a game of ebbs and flows, a game of getting on a roll and everyone feeling that confidence. Look, we're seeing what a big role confidence plays in, in a player's, you know, ability to succeed with Aguilar. So uh, I think that can't be understated that sometimes the defense needs to pick that offense up by making a stop after they put points on the board. Absolutely. And and again, on both sides with the, with the mental mistakes, because you'll have Brandon Graham jumping yeah, off sides after that was after, a bad one too, and then that drive keeps stretching out and stretching out, and then they probably I don't know it just looks like to me they have that mentality is like well we've we've given up here already so 
Did they just kind of roll in steam and that's how they score points and that, that's how that happens. So the first hour uh, is officially over. I didn't want to get anybody in because, you know, it's tough to sneak in there with those last two minutes. Oh, yeah. But, Mike, do we have a winner in the first hour here, bud? So I, I rattled my brain. I decided <laughs> I'm going to go with Sharif. Sharif! Hey. Sharif, you are the first winner of the pair of tickets uh, courtesy Great call. Great call of, of NRG. So you'll be heading down to Monday Night Football and, of course, he's been waiting a long time, and I don't want to uh, let him wait any longer. Let's get to Lenny and Pittman. Yes! Lenny, what's going on, brother? Uh, gentlemen, how are we again? We're doing yep. great, man. Okay, the Northeast, wind, Northeast winds are blowing again. <laughs> right They're across back, the Lenny. Link. They're back. And like, I, and like I predicted last week, Seattle was scored 30 points. They only got 27, and I was told there's no way they are going to score on that evil, mean, green defense. <laughs> I look at the Packers as a desperate team. Aaron Rodgers has been there before. Twenty-four to fourteen, the pack. Oh, Twenty-four, four, fourteen Lenny. points against that defense, Lenny. Against that offense? Oh, <laughs> come on! <laughs> Listen, I, I, I know we. I, I watched football all, all uh, Thursday. Was really great, and everybody talks about Dallas's line. Hey, let me tell you something. Washington's line isn't too bad either. Kirk Cousins never got a glove laid on him. No. Yeah. Oh well. The, and, and you know what's crazy? Dallas not the best at pressure. I think. As far as I, that goes, I, I think they're right. True. I would think they're right in the mix with Dallas and Oakland as far well, as being Trent Williams pretty good isn't there. there. They need Trent Williams. With Trent Williams, there, I mean, he's the best player on that football team, and he's suspended right now. But Trent Williams, not just like on the line, the best player on the team. So when they have Trent Williams, that line's actually really good. Scherf, your guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's absolutely. Been great yeah, moving it's... over to guard. Where did he play college football? Uh, from. <laughs> The University of Iowa. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I don't, I don't. See, I mean, like, I understand the concern about the desperate team, and that's something I think we've touched on a couple of times. But man, I mean, like, fourteen points, and where we're talking about, you know, a, a secondary. And listen, they're talking about Dom Capers and Mike McCarthy, like heading out next year. I, I just don't. If they should only score fourteen points, uh, I'll come over to your house and cook you dinner, Lenny. Well, let me just say this: I wasn't the person that said the Eagles would go eleven and five either. So <laughs> I'll leave it at that. You know, I know, I, mean? I know who was. I think I know who you're yeah, talking about. Love you, Lenny. Five, you know what I mean? <laughs> hey, it's still in play, though. They just got to. Oh yeah, it's still in play. Gotta, <laughs> no, we appreciate the call, Lenny. Thanks as always, but uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know if the. I mean, okay. Let's just put it well. One, just like we said, season's over. They lose this football. Yeah, game. it's two desperate teams. Exactly. That was the thing. You yeah. can't just say Green Bay is desperate. Right. The Eagles are just as desperate. Yeah, and so that's why I think it, it also interesting. And I, now that I'm relooking at this, I was going to say the Eagles have this impressive trend where seventy percent of the time they come out and score in the second half on their opening possession. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now I'm looking about it, a hundred percent of the time at home they've been able to do that. That's kind of an odd thing that, not an odd thing, it's a good thing that Doug Peterson can recognize whatever is going on. And even some of the, I would say like 90% of those drives that come out there, they still at least move the football pretty well in the second half. So is it time to start saying that Doug Peterson can make really good adjustments coming out of halftime? I think it's certainly something we have to look at. I I have been impressed as well. And, And look, not just in terms of coming out and scoring right away, but We've seen it a lot, actually. You know, the games like the New York game, the Dallas game, they were better in the second half, even though they didn't pull those games out. And obviously, Doug deserves some credit for those losses. But yeah, I think at least from the evidence we have, BLG, I think you'd have to say that you at least have a a positive belief towards, you know, Peterson being able to make halftime adjustments. And that's why you defer on the kickoff. (laughs) Always defer. 
Unless you're facing it. Well, you, you do that again this week. You defer yeah, this week absolutely. against Aaron Rodgers. The way the, the Eagles defense has played at home this year, I think they've really allowed what? Like one clean touchdown, in my opinion. You said four in total. You look at all four of those. One was against the Browns where like the Browns got a penalty, a BS penalty in the red zone, got mm-hmm. a new set of downs. Uh, one was your boy Sam Bradford throwing a garbage time garbage touchdown time to Cordero That's right. Patterson. Uh, what else am I missing? Then so, the Atlanta, that was the McAlvin Oopsie Daisy. Yeah, that was that. And there was one more I can't think of it. And uh, it wasn't against Pittsburgh. And it wasn't against uh, Cleveland scored. Yeah, Cleveland scored. We mentioned that. But either way, either, either way, there yeah. hasn't been a lot of clean. This, te- this Eagles defense is playing really well at home. And I have the confidence in them. And I think you send them out in the field first. And hope to get things going against Green Bay. Yeah, I I agree. I'm I like we talked about. I know that Doug has the whole on the road thing. He loves to defer, and that's a very logical reason. We've talked about it, but the idea that a lot of people are not in their seats at the beginning of halftime or beginning of the second half, so thus you know it's not going to be as loud. But I'm with you, BLG. The way this defense is played, this way this defense is played at home, and the way this crowd has responded to this defense, John, I, I think you put those guys out there and you let them go to work. Yeah, and uh, you know the the interesting thing we haven't talked about is is to finally get in that running game with you know Matthews being out, with Pro's being bumped up. Uh, I, I I really like Wendell Smallwood in this. I'm uh, excited to see what the kid can do. The, yeah. I mean, you're talking about confidence builders for somebody there. I think if you're giving him the majority of the carries, and I don't know what what their plan is to do with Sproles. I mean, cracked rib is a cracked rib. You're not exactly going to ride the hot hand and. And if he's going, you're just going to keep feeding him the ball here. I think they look for more of him in the passing game than they do, than you've seen in each other week. And I, I think he's going to be pretty limited here. So I think it's going to be a nice dose of Smallwood and Kenyon Barner going through here. Yeah, I think I think Smallwood is the guy this week for the most part, for all intents and purposes. You know, I, I think you're right. You're going to see Sproles in those third down sets in the passing situations. I, I think he'll still look. He's it's one of those things where it's yeah, it's painful, but it's just a, a tough it out, you know, pain tolerance type of thing. So I think his workload will be similar, but I, I think Smallwood gets the the vast bulk of the carries. Absolutely. So we go to Mike in uh Vineland. Mike, you're on uh, BGN Radio. What's going on, bud? Hey guys, how you doing? Good, man. Good. So uh I want to vent to you a little bit because I think my wife's getting sick of me now. <laughs> um, <laughs> So I really I don't care about Nelson Aguilar as much because um, I mean with Darren Sproles having more receiving yards than him last year, a shame on us for having any type of hope. And I know receivers have to develop, but you know, it, look at him. He he was a running back in high school, running converted in college. I really don't care about him. Vinnie Curry to me is the biggest disappointment in why we're not seven and three or or eight and two or anything like that. If you look at every great team, defenses are built for championships. But it's not with a lot with the secondary as much as the front four. Even when Peyton won the Super Bowl, he, he didn't win offensively. They won with that defensive line, and you know Bob Sanders taking advantage of a great defensive line. So Bob Vinnie Sanders Curry, from oh, University of Miami. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> but I mean, look at Vinnie Curry. I invested in a jersey because I thought he was going to be the man. I sweated for three years thinking Chip's going to get rid of him. All he did in Chip's you know crappy defense is get sacks. As a situational player, he comes into a four-three where we're supposed to have a, a, a ten-plus sack guy. He was the reason he, why everybody was so on board with the four-three. Exactly. Where where the hell is he? Part of my French, but this guy. Oh yeah. Every every. It's fair. Down, this is a family program, for, Mike. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> every down I'm looking for him. Like this is where we need something from Vinny. Nothing. Man, that goes. <laughs> is, Mike's going to be tough to beat this hour. I'm just going to say it's because dead on. because that has been my frustration forever with this is that you know we we buy into yeah this guy's going to be good because of a scheme change because of this look 
Fletcher Cox was supposed to eat in there too. I give him a little bit of more of a pass because he's been he's been a little bit better. He's been solid. But I mean, th- this really has not helped the two main guys that it was supposed to. It's I mean, Benny Logan has basically been playing the same way whether it's been a three yep. four or a four three since he's been in there. And I know that there's some health issues in there, but without Benny Logan and without Brandon Graham. Whew, man, yeah. oh man, like where would this team be right now? I mean, you could say that Brandon Graham is the MVP of the Eagles through I, 10 I, games. I yeah, think he might be. Right? I mean, it's, you, know, you know, you could Definitely. argue Carson Wentz, but like I think Brandon Graham is the MVP. He is the guy, and we talked, you're right. I mean, it was all about Cox and Curry heading into this season and the excitement for those guys in Jim Schwartz's system, how much of a change it was going to be. Brandon Graham is the guy who we've really seen that from. And we this happens a lot when we talk about pass rushers because we see guys in situational spots who really just get in there and blow it up, and it's the it's kind of like the Darren Sproles syndrome on the opposite side mm-hmm. of the offensive side of the ball, where in spurts, he's amazing. You know, you look at, oh, why don't you just give them the ball more, and then you give them the ball more, and then you find out why. Like three yards of carry. And Vinny Curry's kind of in that spot right now where it's just like, yeah, there's there's some pressure being created there, but he's never going to be that dominant. And even so, I haven't even checked the snap counts lately, and it's something that we've gotten off track from, but... Connor Barwin was still playing more than he was on the field. I think that's evened out a little bit now, uh, even with, you know, Connor having a knee injury coming through here. I don't think that's something that's really going to change. And, and I don't, again, that's one of those things. I don't know how to, how to fix that other than, other than to build a rotation of guys, which they haven't been able to do. You know, you thought you'd see yeah. a, a, a Stephen Means, Means rotation bio, and there's something kind of in stuff. there. That's, sure. And that's kind of trailed off now. Now that could be due to, you know, Vinny Curry has been playing a little better, but Still, yeah, it's incredible how much that the 4-3 and that whole narrative has not been there this year. So that is that is concerning kind of moving forward and building up. And we'll be doing a lot more Eagles breakdown as we're heading in to the uh, – we're here till 7.30. So we got to, we got a lot of time to give away the second pair of Eagles tickets right here on BGN Radio, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Huge congratulations to our very own – Mel Reese, which yeah. we haven't mentioned, who's going to be in the Hall of Fame along with the Axe Band. Well deserved. Uh, Jeremiah Trotter. So that's going to be fun to see on Monday night. Uh, again, we're still giving away tickets to the Eagles Packers Monday Night Football. So you can go see that live with your own two eyes because pretty sure NBC or, or excuse me, ESPN is going to cut that out for some reason because yeah. they usually do. Maybe so. they'll show like a little clip of it yeah. or something. Hey, yeah. by the way, and at halftime this happened, but they're not going <laughs> to, they're going to go to their guys for halftime or whatever. So 888-729-9494, pound 94, on your Verizon AT&T cell phones as we go to David all the way out there in Illinois. What's going on, bud? How are you? How's it going? Okay. I got two things to say. One. You're going to board a plane tomorrow. <laughs> oh, no, I'm just kidding. What's going on, man? Uh, uh, no, well, there's, there's two things I'm going to say. One, as an Eagles fan living in Illinois, I'm sure you guys can imagine it gets kind of rough sometimes, mm. <laughs> uh, especially uh, when you walk in on Monday night football to a Buffalo Wild Wings and we're wearing a Carson Wentz jersey. <laughs> oh, no. Um, oh, well, they give you – why? Is it why, is the Bears fans or something that give you a hard time? Yeah, well, I, I, that's what I did on, on Monday night when they played the Bears. I went to Buffalo Wild oh, Wings. Oh, well, I mean, the they, then that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it, it was rough. Well, there, there are Philadelphia fans out there for that? I didn't know. I thought Philly fans <laughs> were the only ones who were mean to people oh, right. in other jerseys. Oh, right. and yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, but um, <laughs> as an Eagles fan living in Illinois, my love for the Eagles has grown because of listening to BGN Radio. Oh, well, I goodness. appreciate wow. that, man. Thanks, Absolutely Jim. true. Absolutely true. And I didn't think that could happen, but, like, it, it happened. 
So <laughs> we really appreciate that. Thank you. That. It, I mean, it's true. Um, and, and you're very welcome. I mean, it's, it's the truth. And second, all right, here's my question. You guys alluded to it a little bit earlier, but in terms of touches for the running backs, um, what do you guys see going on? Because for me, I think Smallwood does get the workload. I think he gets somewhere between like 17, 21 touches total. Um, and then Sproles, you work him in there. Like, you know, he's, he's for me, Sproles is strictly the third down back in this game. Um, yeah, I, I, and well, it's it's an interesting question, Dave, because I don't. Uh, just to get back to that, I don't even say I don't even think that Sproles is the third down back. I think that I think that they're going to go Ken Young Barner throw on third downs. Uh, or, see, or, I think it'll be Sproles. Yeah, you still think so? I, I, do. I really do think they're going to limit him to the passing game. I just I, and I'll probably be one hundred percent wrong, but I just think that's kind of the thing. You, I mean, it's it's broken ribs. It's not like it's you know. I know guys can play through it or have a flak jacket or. However, they're going to deal with that, or you just shoot it up and it'll be numbed up for the That's for a couple my guess. Of hours there. But. Honestly, my guess is that it'll be pretty numb down there, and that it again it will be pain tolerance. It won't feel good, but I think that you don't roll him out there and you don't practice him all week unless he can play. Yeah, well, that that's true too. And uh, I don't know. You think you think Wendell Smallwood gets into that seventeen to twenty one range there, BLG? I think he's definitely the lead guy this week. I think uh, Doug Peterson said that Darren Sproles had a good week of practice and he feels like there's no limitations. And Darren Sproles is a really tough guy, so yeah, you have to is. give him credit. And if anyone could play through a broken rib like this, you know, it could be him. Uh, at the same time, I just feel like they don't want him to take a lot of hits. I think they're going to be mostly uh, reliant on Smallwood. Sproles will be mixed in there. And then maybe it's like a carrier to, you know, three or four touches here for Kenyon Barner. One thing I will add, too, is that as far as it goes, and look, a broken rib's a broken rib. It's going to hurt if, you know, someone touches you on the shoulder or, like, <laughs> pats you. Uh, but Sproles is really good at, at maneuvering his body in a way to not take huge hits. Like, he never, you know, for the most part really does. So maybe he is someone who's maybe a little better equipped to avoid getting hit on that rib more often, yeah. potentially. Yeah, we and, and that's definitely true. I just... Just hope he doesn't have to go between the tackles oh a lot. No, you're going to need him later on. Is well, all. Yeah. I do think that he will be, again, whether it's third down, whether it's passing work, I think he's going to be very much more involved when they are throwing the football than running. Maybe a, a couple rushes to keep them honest. But I think that, like, you know, Brandon alluded to and, and the caller, David, alluded to that I think there's a good chance we see Wendell Smallwood in the 13 to 20 range. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's I think that's right around there as well. It would help my fantasy team, too, because... You know. I saw DFS play this yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. Cheap, by the Potential. way. Uh, well, I want to take a look at the uh, the the playoff picture here. Is we're going to be uh, you know going still covering a lot of different things and actually you know, still taking your phone calls as well. We'll get back to that in a second. But uh, you know, you look at I, I think the main maybe the main four. I don't know if you guys think that they can anybody else can sneak in there. Giants, Washington, Vikings, Bucks, all in that wild card hunt. Yeah, I'm sure that there could be a, a research look. Packers, so, Packers win this football game. It doesn't matter. But so whatever. we're saying Dallas, Seattle, Detroit, and Atlanta win the division. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying that that's going to ride out unless there's, you know, the Bucks could get hot. But I, I have their schedules in front of me here too. And like we said, the Giants are seven and three. They shouldn't be, but hey, we can't. You know, it's yeah. it's just the way it is. And they're probably going to be eight and three. It is what it is. As much as I'd love to, we talked about it before. As much as I'd love to see Cleveland get that win, I, I just. I would be surprised. And it's in, it's incredibly hard to win a bunch of games in a row. So can the Giants drop one, two, three, four? Can they drop five in a row at Pittsburgh versus Dallas versus Detroit in Philadelphia and then in, in Washington their last game? Is it possible that they can drop five in a row? Yes. 
Do you think I mean, it's possible you just look, possible. If you look at the matchups, I don't think they will, but it I mean. It could be six. Yeah. Uh, ooh, ooh, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, maybe save the room for the juicy picks okay, that are coming around. Getting a round of applause from Mike Oh, we got the Ring the Bell picks coming up. You might not want to miss that. That's right. So, you know, I think that. Yeah, I, I think it's definitely possible as well. That you know, the, the Philly thing. I don't. I don't know. I, I really hope that the Eagles can stay with it right till the end, and that'll be that'll be a really fun Week Seventeen. Is <laughs> you got Washington, the Giants, everything going in. So let's yeah. talk about Washington because this is the debate I keep having. I think people get focused on, oh, well, you just need to root for this team to lose or that team to lose. No, you just look at Washington or or the Giants. I think could fall here. Uh, obviously, Washington lost to Dallas. So they're done for this week, but heading into the next week, they go Arizona. Then they're here in Philadelphia, Carolina at home, Chicago away. And again, like we said, yeah. the Giants there. It's just that Chicago game is the only one you look at and say they'll, they'll win that. But otherwise, you know, they could lose all those games. Beatable. And I think the tie ends up screwing the Eagles. There. That's so what really, I said. It's really, one way or the other. You know, it's either going to help them or screw them. And it's going to be by a half a game. This this division will come down to that half game one way or the other, I bet. And I think you have to, I, I don't know. That's why I say, I think you root for the collapse of the Giants over Washington. Just because they're a worse team. They're a worse team. And I think yeah. it's more probable that that happens there. Now the Vikings are six and five. So that's okay. You know, you have the tiebreaker there. You end up with the same thing. It's all right. The Bucks could be a sneaky, mm. sneaky thorn in that side. Tough because schedule, if though. they end up with the same record, the Bucks would get it because they have a better NFC record as of but, now. But if the Bucks win the South, then the Falcons, Eagles have the tiebreaker right back down. So yeah. maybe you are kind of rooting for the the Bucks to kind of take that there. <laughs> a tough road to get there, though. Seattle this week at San Diego, New Orleans twice back to you know home at home uh-huh. at Dallas. And Carolina. I mean, they could lose all those games. Yes, I don't they think could. they will, but they could. So the fun part about this is no matter what really happens, as long as the Eagles are keep doing their part here, and you know they can win win this one, obviously we think they're going to lose either Baltimore or they're going to lose Cincinnati. Like, there's no, no confidence in the road game. But if they can hang around, and they, that's what I'm saying. If they win this one, it keeps that hope alive. Kind of. Would you say they have their destiny vio in their hands? We'll be talking about uh, more of that, and we'll get to your phone calls too. So, Scott, Mike, hang on the line, and we will be with you right after this on BGN Radio, Sports Radio 94 WIP. That's Mark Farzetta in hyperdrive there, man. Love it. Uh, I'm looking <laughs> at Mark Farzetta right now, the real live Mark Farzetta. I How can about see that? Him. He's he right has no there. idea. Uh, with his uh, BGN Radio, John Barcher, James Seltzer, Brandon Lee Gowden. Here's a little food for thought. Potpourri Ooh, I type love of food. Thing. So, If you listen to Doug Peterson speak, where do you think he's from? Has that been addressed? It's a great question. It's he does a very have a, odd accent. Yeah, it's almost like a Midwest plus South. Like It's a weird, yeah, it's like you're almost right. A, a Pennsylvania yes. area. Would you think that Doug Peterson... Grew up in Washington well, State. Well, only because I watched the Seahawks game and they mentioned it 8 billion <laughs> times. But yeah, otherwise, I would have never it, known. It's, uh, it's got like a southern drawly, but also at the same time, just like you said, like the, you're kind of Midwest walking sound, into, yeah. going in to get a pork tenderloin sandwich, something like uh, that. Don't you know kind of thing? Uh, well, of course, you, we've got to, we've only got a, a, you know, a few minutes in here. So get them in while you can. 888-729-9494. As we're going to wrap up, we got another pair of Eagles tickets to give away courtesy. Another one? Of NR. G that ends up at uh, seven thirty. Then uh, our good friend Mike DeFury is going to make in and judge you all as uh, we roll <laughs> with Scott in for Jenny. What's going on, Scott? How are you this evening? 
Hey, guys. Great. How you doing? Good, man. Hey, so I'm not sure how we – I think this game's a race to 17, whoever gets their wins. Wow. Wow, that low, huh? Really? Whoa. I thought it was a race to 70. I was confused there. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you look at what happened in all those games Green Bay played, their defense stunk, but their offense put up 25 or more. So i got to believe our defense is going to have a little say on that. But our offensive line is in a shambles, right? We had Lane Johnson go down, Vitae go down, and Jason Peters is a bit of a yo-yo the last couple games. He's in, he's out, and plays off, 20 plays off, get an x-ray, okay, he's okay. And I think Sayamalo's the only guy we have left on the bench. Scott, no, that's a really good point. We, we've kind of talked O-line, but we haven't really talked about the loss of Big V and how that kind of shakes up the rest of the line. It, it could be a factor. I mean, we haven't seen this line as it's comprised really go out and do its thing. Yeah, everybody's going to be out of position. Well, this and, that, and that's the thing is, too, is that's, I, we touched on it a little bit. Is you know you have a healthy Clay Matthews, you got some guys that some decent pass rushers in there too. So, yeah, I mean if they make uh, Carson uncomfortable in there, that's it. things can get a little things can get a little iffy. I yeah I agree. I, I just don't. I, I again, it, but it all goes back to them being at home, and it's not like those guys that have been replaced in there. They've seen it before. You know, Barber's been able to swing tackle. He's been yeah. able to play guard. He's been able to do a lot of these. Wiz things. has played well when asked. Yeah, so it, it's kind of I understand it, definitely the concern, but. Uh, you know, at home again, they can get the running game going to really get that pressure off. And honestly, I don't think we realize how bad this creepy defense has been. It really has been horrendous there, Scott. Well, and I think that last, the last point I'd make is I think Clay Matthews, you know, Sproles better have his head on a swivel because Clay Matthews has to believe if he knocks Sproles out of the game, we don't have any weapons on the field. Yeah, I, you know, I agree with that, Scott. And that's where, that's where it's kind of. You know, I think those are the things that are concerning. But the one thing that's weird is that, yes, we've been talking about Aaron Rodgers and we've been talking about a lot of this different stuff. We haven't mentioned any of the wide receivers. Jordy Nelson's still Jordy Nelson. You know, yeah. then, you know Randall Cobb's still hanging around there. And obviously, they. Devontae just, Adams has played well for them. You yeah. know, Montgomery, obviously, is a, a running back, wide receiver hybrid Combo type thing. That's going yeah, on. They have there. some weapons. It, let's not go in and think that this is uh, uh, the op. And look, the O line is, is solid, at least. You know, they've got some injuries that they're dealing with there. But, you know, guys like Balaga and Bakhtari, and I mean, they've got a guys who've played together for a long time. So uh, the offense is still capable. It's just. It's one dimensional and you figure at least we've seen, it seems like when Jim Schwartz is given an offense where he can take away, you know, if one thing is already taken away, he does a pretty good job of getting rid of the rest. Yeah. And that's where I kind of, again, BLG, I come back to that. I feel way too comfortable about that situation. They've already done the green Bay Packers themselves have done the hard part here and they've eliminated the running game for the most part already. So tell me on why that it's still going to be a tough battle against that offense. Uh, we saw the Eagles shut down the number one offense in the NFL, you know, when the Falcons came home. I think this Eagles, again, it comes down to the home thing. The Eagles play so well at home, the defense especially, uh, the crowd noise, you know, opposing offensive lines are having trouble dealing with that. As we've seen, the Eagles have issues with that on the road at times this year. It, You know, I, it's simple, but it all comes down to the Eagles are a very good home team. Yeah, and that's where, you know, I don't know if anybody's going to be able to knock me off of that pedestal between here on Monday night, but it's just like any any type of scare tactic that I look and say, okay, this is where Green Bay can really beat you. It's just not there. It's just the the matchup, whatever it is. And again, it, you know, just like uh, some people have pointed out, you can throw those stats out the window a lot of the time. 
Sometimes it's it just comes down to Green Bay wanting it more or whatever. I know that's a really silly term because, of course, they both want it more. But so, I don't know. But w- weirder things have happened in the NFL. So we go to Mitch all the way in Phoenix. What's going on, Mitch? How are you this evening? Hey, guys. What's up, man? Uh, the only shot of excellence you have in that sports town uh, is the Villanova Wildcats. Nobody, <laughs> and nobody talks about them, which is sad. Uh, you know, it's, it, it's, yeah. just, it's just starting to kick off. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of Villanova talk coming through here. I believe they're six and zero, aren't they? Are they? Yeah. I've been, honestly, they're number four in the number been, three in the country. They're yeah, they're a legitimate team. Up. There's Absolutely. no question. I just think yeah. that early college basketball we've seen enough where you know obviously a few losses here and there can knock you down a couple spots in the tourney, but you don't need to be a one seed to win the tournament. So I think it's it's hard to get super excited until you start to get into February, March. Yeah, as far as Eagles talk. I mean, you guys know that they're last in their division. I don't know why you keep talking about playoffs. Because the wild card. Because <laughs> that's nah. why. Because I mean, like nah, that's... there's no wild card for the Eagles. You know what are you talking about? They're just a half ga- at... You know, they're a half game out of the playoffs right now. If they beat the Packers. Yeah. If assuming they beat the Packers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, unless Smallwood or Barnard has the has the game of the Barnard. Life, Who's Barnard? Barnard. He's Barnard, whatever his name is. <laughs> unless they have the game of their life Monday night, they're in trouble. The game of their life. It's, you're talking about a team that's given up 38 points in the last four games. It's not a, you know. 515 yards allowed last game. 446 the game before. 355, 367, 424 a game before that. That that defense is not good, man. No running back and a porous line. Good yeah. luck, guys. Shockingly, they have a better running back than the Packers. Who could have seen that coming? <laughs> that's It's amazing. We appreciate the call, I think, Mitch. Uh, throughout that, Mitch, yeah, I'm going to make a bold proclamation: Mitch not winning the ticket. I don't know what was heading on with that, but it's uh, you know, I, I, I mean, I don't know. The That's Packers are allowing me off those yards through the air. By the way, oh yeah, but yeah, is that it? All, all those most well, most of those are through well, the air. To- right? That's total defense. Bottom of the NFL in yards per pass, uh, yards per pass play. So again, very bad. Yeah. They're and, just bad, well, and even with the they're even, just bad. Even with just like is, is things like special teams, they are still like a dead last or close to that in dead last in kickoff return allowed. So yeah, that, well, and so, guess who's number one in kickoff return yards? The Eagles. Hey, so I an, heard. Again, I think Barnard might come through big in there <laughs> as well. So. Yeah, that that uh, that's uh, that's very true. Hey, look who's Uh-oh. on the line. Here he is, Sundiata, all the way there in Brooklyn. What's hey! going on, buddy? Hey, what's up, fellas? How y'all doing, man? Good to hear y'all again. Good to hear you too, man. What's going on? John with you? nailed the name too. It's very exciting. Finally got it after the fifth sure try, buddy. Sorry. Oh man, yeah, I got to give you props. <laughs> we get you when you don't get it. We got to give you props. That's yeah, right. No, yeah. Right? <laughs> Listen, man, I'm sitting here and I'm just trying to assess my feelings, you know, as a fan of this team, and you know, it reminds me of a fable that we all know: the emperor has no clothes. Mm-hmm. You know. Because we're told, oh, you, you got a nice new shirt, you know, and Zach Ertz. <laughs> you know, you got some nice jeans and Vinny Curry, you know. You got some nice, nice leather gloves in number 17, <laughs> you know. So we come outside as Eagles fans, and, you know, we, we strut our stuff. Yeah, look at my nice shirt. Yeah, yeah, check out these nice jeans, you know. I got some nice sneakers here, you know. And people are laughing at us, man, because we don't have anything on, yo. We don't. These guys cannot play. They're, they're just, they're just, they don't have that instinct. 
And I'm just, I, oh, man, I'm so tired of walking outside naked, you know? <laughs> and, and, and it's Chip Kelly's fault because we did have a nice pair of sneakers in LaShawn McCoy, you know? We did have a very nice shirt in Deshaun Jackson, you know? We had these things. We were clothed, fully clothed. You know, and even and if those it, clothes were dirty, it was functional. You know, it was functional. At least we weren't <laughs> out here naked, breaking laws. You know, <laughs> showing but our now, showing our Jake butt everywhere. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, exactly, like a hospital gown. And we're just we're just out. We're just literally butt out. We don't have the talent. We don't. I mean, I would love to sit here and be like, yeah, you know, we're gonna get these playoffs. But Guys, we don't we don't have the horses. We really do not, and it shows. Yeah, and and, it, and we appreciate it as always, buddy. Thanks for thanks for the call. Uh, I I here here's what I'll say, and maybe maybe this is part of the Emperor's New Clothes theory here. Zach Ertz and Carson Wentz are starting to find something together, though. Yeah, and I the, hope and, so. and even even when yeah you know he needed him the most there, where it was just kind of like yeah, it's, I mean there wasn't a lot of production. The offense. Pretty much went downhill. I mean, you saw, you saw the screen. I mean, that was that was working. Zach Ertz is actually running pivot routes properly yeah. for the first I, time I mean, in that, his career. The, the play that got called back was a a great route. I mean, that was a that was a really nicely run route. A great play call. And it was and illegal look, because and, Zach Ertz got <laughs> yards after the catch. Yeah, on that's it. why. That's <laughs> yeah, why. That's I was right. just trying yeah, to go there. Hard, well done. He but yeah, I mean, that, he like he like uh, would have uh, quintupled his career yak in one play. It's such a shame. All right, Jimmy and uh, Quaker Town. What's going on, buddy? How are you? Hey, how you guys doing tonight? Good, man. Hey, I just I, I just want to kind of talk about how I mean everybody's so down on this season, and people say over and over again if you look back to the beginning of the season and see where we're at now. No one would think we'd be where we're at at five and five. You know, new coach, new rookie quarterback, everything else. Um, I think everybody really needs to sit back and wait till next off season to see what uh, Howie Roseman, GM burglar of the year, does again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, to see where we really are going to be as a team. I, for one, I mean, you have some frustrating losses for sure, especially Dallas more than anything. But this has been an exciting team to watch it sometimes. And just like the Sixers, this is an up-and-coming team. In my opinion, we're going to be a force to be reckoned with for the next decade if we play our cards right as far as the offseason goes. Well, but, yeah, and, and I appreciate the call, Jimmy. And that's where it is. Because we're close. You're, you're, it you, is can look at, you can see what the issues are very and, clearly. And even if they miss or even if they were, they're still in the hunt and they're still giving meaningful games minus those horses that they were talking about. We'll get more into it. Final segment coming up. Kyle Scott from uh, Crossing Broad will join us for a little uh, NFL picks right here on BGN Radio. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Well, we are wrapping things up here on BGN Radio. It's Jeff Archer, James Elson, of course, from Birds 24-7, Mr. Brandon Lee Gelton. And a big congratulations to Mike in Violence. Woo! You yeah, have Mike. taken home the bacon, my friend. So uh, congratulations to both of our winners in this hour. And, uh, you know, we are just hanging out. And let us waste no more time as we will now get into the NFL picks. It's time to ring the bell. Here come the BGN Radio NFL picks on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Uh, and, of course, uh, joining us every week, uh, Mr. Kyle Scott from Crossing Broad. Kyle, what's happening, man? 
Not much. I'm losing my voice. So I'm going to try and make it through this. I got like those deep John Barchard tones right now. Oh, my goodness. I like this. Uh, well, you Hello. know, little uh, white wine and some salmon will take I care like of that. I like that. Uh, well, James, uh, where are we heading to first, my yeah, friend? Yeah, let's jump into this, fellas. Is uh, Normally, we get all the NFC East action, but, uh, you know, that Washington Dallas game on Thanksgiving means we get to go around the league a little bit. So, Mr. Kyle Scott, we are heading to Arrowhead, Kansas City, to start it off. Excuse me, we are heading to Denver as Kansas City is heading to Arrowhead. Denver is a three and a half point favorite, Mr. Scott. Which way are you heading on this one? I I, I like the Broncos here. It's a, I I think I'm gonna go. I, I think they're actually two very evenly matched teams, but I'm gonna take that extra half point on the line and go with that. Yeah, uh, where the uh, so BLG? Where are we heading to? Uh, I like the Broncos there at home. Uh, the the Chiefs almost lost to the Panthers, lost to the Buccaneers somehow at home last week. Denver's at home. I like the Broncos. I have to agree. I hate to agree with everybody, but uh, not a lot of fun for radio. But I do think that uh, I think the Broncos just a better team. That defense at home, I'm willing to to lay the three and a half. Oh, ring the bell! <laughs> go against the grain here. I just have it's a divisional matchup. You know, the the Reed Worm is going to sneak in there somehow. It's going to do something incredibly stupid and then something incredibly smart and they're going to steal one in Denver to make that uh, a little more chaos in that division. I thought you were going to go with Alex Smith gets hurt and Nick Foles comes in and leads him to the victory. Let's head uh, Brandon almost had a heart attack when I said that we shouldn't joke about Nick Foles around. Brandon. right, let's head to Oakland as the uh, 8-2 Raiders. How about that? Hosting the Carolina Panthers at 4-6. Who would have thought if you had predicted those records heading into the season? The uh, Raiders, a a 4.5 home favorite. Mr. Brandon Lee Gowden, which way are you headed? Panthers have been playing a little bit better after getting to that really bad start. But still, I believe in this Oakland team. They're going to take care of business at home. They're going to cover. Kyle? Yeah, I do too. I mean, I think the Panthers, you know, people think of the Panthers and you're like, oh, they're D. Well, I mean, their secondary has been not good. This is a game I think Mark Cooper and, and Carr are just going to, I think they're going to blow up. I think they're going to blow them out in this one. Ring the not as good as Johnny's deep tones, but I'll take it. I think I just feel like Carolina's turning it around just a little bit. I think they go in there. I think the Raiders are coming off of Mexico. Who knows what was in the water down there? I think they have a in bit of meat. a letdown. Four and a half, a lot of points there. I could see the Raiders winning it, but I think it's a closer game than that. Give me the Panthers. Uh no, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm with Kyle in this one. I'm gonna stick with Oakland. I, yeah, that it's just the east to west thing that is in there. You, you know, they we we can say that they're finally bringing it together, but the offense is still shoddy. Cam Newton's doing great things and awful things. So I, I really do like, uh, you know, Blackjack wow. Del Rio and Oakland. See, at home. I almost made the pick just the Raiders can't be 9-2. and two. That will not happen. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's head to a, a little NFC East action. Is, is New York Giants heading to Cleveland? You would have thought an 0-10 team. The line might have been a little higher. Mr. Kyle Scott, the Giants only a seven-point road favorite at Cleveland. Where are you going? Yeah, I mean, I mean, how many times do you find yourself saying only? Right, right. <laughs> um, look, the Browns have been terrible against number one receivers, so I think this is one of those games where uh, where I think Odell Beckham kind of breaks out of the, this general malaise he's been in all season. Um, so I like the Gi- I, I like the Giants from that regard, but I don't like the line. To your point, like it, it, it seems closer than it should be. 
but I, I like the Giants. I think this is one of those games Odell Beckham uh, blows up for three touchdowns, 200 yards. Yeah, I'm going to hop on the Kyle Scott train here. I just, I, I, while I think that the Browns will give him a, somewhat of a tough game, I feel like we're going to get one of those late, you know, Eli touchdowns and makes it a 10-point game. I think the Giants win ugly like they do every week. Oh, ring the bell! Uh, listen, at some point, and I know it's Cleveland, it's going to break. I mean, it's a seven-point home dog on the road. It's, it, you know, I don't care who's playing quarterback. I don't care how many times that Crowell runs into his own offensive lineman. I, I just, the Giants have to break at some point, and that's the theory I'm going on. They win, but they do not cover. The, we've been talking about how this Giants team is 7-3. How Uh-oh. are they 7-3? The karma is coming back this week. Uh-oh. The Cleveland Browns are finally going to win a football Uh-oh. game. I'm taking the Browns outright. Outright? Oh, my goodness oh gracious. Oh, my goodness. Let's just stop now. That was the highlight of the show right there. A Cleveland Browns win predicted. All right, let's uh, let's head home as a, a, a not even, a, a, you would think, a standard three-point line here. No! Vegas believes in the home Eagles. The Eagles currently a, a four-point favorite at home against the Packers. Mr. Scott. Yeah, I mean, look, the Packers are kind of – my voice, sorry. The Packers are kind of <laughs> like the, the Panthers here where, like, the, I think the name recognition precedes them. But they're, they're not they're not good. I mean, they're, this defense is not good. I mean, Aaron Rodgers has put up some big games lately, but he's averaging, like – don't quote me on this, like, it's like six – six yards per catch or something. I mean, it is, it is not a lot. Um, I mean, they, they, they've lost their dynamic offense. Um, so I, I don't see any reason why the Eagles um, shouldn't win the game, shouldn't cover. I, I think the Eagles are a better football team. And I wrote this this week. Like, if you look at the Eagles' schedule, what they've been through, playing three, all three division games on the road before a home division game, that hasn't happened in – in uh, with those three teams in like 19 years, I mean, they got a real chance here to get a wild card. The, you know, with these home games and all the division home games down the stretch, and catching the Packers and and the Bengals in a little bit of a funk. So I'm actually I'm still kind of bullish on the Eagles. Call me crazy. Look at this. How could you not follow Kyle Scott's MJ flu game and, and just agree <laughs> with it there, gutting it We're out here? That's here. right, gutting it out on VGN Radio. I, I'm actually with him. We've talked about it a lot. I just I think this Green Bay team is just bad. They're really bad. Aaron Rodgers said he thinks they could win out. I think it'd be less surprising to me if they lost out. That's how bad I think they are. I think four points is a gimme. I think the Eagles win relatively handily. BLG. Eagles great at home, 4-0. Packers not good on the road, 1-4. I believe in this Eagles team. Kyle made a good point with the schedule and everything. The Eagles are still number two in DVOA, third in point differential. The last seven games they've had to play are the only seven teams with winning records in the NFC. Our own Benning Livingston here, producer here, had a good stat that he did, yeah. with the Eagles, uh, the teams that they've lost to on the road, all those teams are three games above 500. Mm-hmm. I like the Eagles. They're going to cover. They're going to win. Yes, and uh, I, I think that I just let me believe, Eagles. Let me believe that you can do this. Let me let me believe for a couple more weeks that there is a wild card spot. I'm with everybody else. I think they crush this team. Yes. I think they absolutely destroy this team 30 to 21 after some garbage time uh, touchdowns and everything. So that'll wrap up the NFL picks. Kyle, we appreciate it, buddy. We'll catch you next week, my friend. If I'm still here, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so stay, no, stay, stay well stay. and stay healthy. That's going to do it for BGN Radio. For myself, John Barchard, for, of course, James Elzer, and from Birds 24-7. 
Mr. Brandon Lee Gowton. You have Florida, Florida State coming up right after this, folks. I can't tell you what it, uh, what it, uh, an honor it has been uh, thus far in the season, and hopefully we can kind of get through everything that's going through there. So, for myself, John Barchard, it's been BGN Radio right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP.